We got a lot to talk about with Andrew Lieb, employment attorney, Lieb at Law, LiebetLaw.com. Great practice, providing a wide range of legal services all throughout the New York uh, metropolitan uh, area. As uh, we welcome in Mr. Lieb, uh, lots to discuss. We'll get into the whole Cuomo stuff as far as the lawsuit and foot in the bill. But you know me, I always like to start out with a couple of sports stuff, you know. Good to have you, my friend. Oh, it's awesome to be here. I think you should introduce me as a Super Islander fan in the future. With this Horvat trade, I'm doing backflips. Number 14, he's going to score over 50 goals, my man. I can't wait. You know, I had to talk my kid off the ledge on this one. I kind of agree with you. I don't know if I'm going to go bonkers, though, as far as excitement. I think it's a move Lamarillo Lou had to do to save this season. Uh, I mean, they have had no juice at all. No juice at all. And even though they won the last two, uh, you know what? It still does not wipe out the fact they need some scoring. That's why I'm for the deal. You know, you get rid of Bavillier, you get rid of Ratty, you protect the pick as far as what you're giving up to Vancouver. It makes sense. Horvat, Bo Horvat's a 27-year-old. He can score. Uh, you put him on any of the four lines, he's gonna he's gonna give you some electricity here. I mean, this is an, a, a, a no. To me, it was a no-brainer. Bavillier is a is a nice player, not a great player, never will be. Horvat is a very good player and could be on that verge of becoming a great player because he's right in his prime. So I kind of like the deal myself. I love the deal. I just love, 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 love the deal. I think Raddy's going to be great. Um, I think we're giving up some of the future on it, and you got to give to get. But you can't forget that Lou had Vancouver keep twenty five percent of Horvat's salary which means to me we have a lot of budget at the trade deadline, and really we have the best goalie in the league. We have one of the best defensive cores in the league. As you were just pointing out, we can't score. So what do we do? We get a scorer. Imagine they get another scorer. This team's fire. Me, when Tavares was not signed, that was an issue way back, okay? So you get Barzell. He's a young guy. He'll score. He's a little brittle. We've seen that this year with the knee. But there's nobody to compliment Matt Porzell, you see. So that's uh, that's that's where we're at right now. You know, 10th spot, looking outside in as far as postseason. I don't think you can tank the season by giving out these players and getting the picks. I think you have a chance. When you have a chance to make the postseason, you got to go for it. That's what Lamarillo did. He's known for this. And he doesn't miss in a lot of cases. So let's, let's hope he hasn't missed here with Bo Horvath. And it's funny, Vancouver, not funny, Vancouver will be in in the next couple of weeks, so we'll see how he reacts to his old team. It's going to be interesting. But the Islanders making a move. Tom Brady retiring. Uh, Listen, I've said forever, he's the greatest quarterback I have ever seen. Not to date myself, I go back a ways. But in essence, uh, nobody, nobody is in Tom Brady's arena. You can tell me, well, did you agree with that? He's definitely by far and away the best. He's not the most mobile quarterback. Like He's not electric like you see right now with Mahomes in that way, but his accuracy, his leadership, his play reading, he, and the fact that he played in Michigan, which I think is the coldest place on earth, and he succeeded there, like he was a Michigan quarterback, the captain of the team, I think he's great. But I'll tell you what I like the most about him is this time when he retired, he said you only get one emotional farewell speech, and he kept it simple. And I like the way he didn't take the limelight again and make it such a big deal again. I really hats off to the way he retired this time. 
I think he did a good job. And listen, the numbers speak for themselves. 250 wins, 35 post. See, the 35 postseason wins is the most important category for me because during crunch time, he came through. He always did. Thus, the seven championships, six with the Patriots, one with the Buccaneers, and a five-time uh, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, listen, to me, he's the greatest. You want to tell me you can fight me a little bit with Joe Montana, who never threw an interception in the postseason? You want to fight me a little bit with Peyton Manning? Uh, you know what? You can't. But I think Brady, and I have this argument with my son all the time, he loves Aaron Rodgers, and I, and I, I just think Brady's – you know, two things about Brady. He's a leader. You need leadership. We talk about leadership all the time. Whatever, whatever category you want, leadership matters, okay? And the fact that he had an axe to grind as far as Bill Belichick was concerned, his old coach. He, he thought he could still play and win, and he did. He left the Patriots' nest. He went down to Tampa, and he won a Super Bowl there. And he knocked out, you know, a quarterback that could be right in his oak in, in 15 years, that being Patrick Mahomes. So, in essence, hats off to Brady. He's out for good, no question. Uh, I think it'll stick. Uh, and he leaves a legacy that no one will ever touch. Nobody. Now, you can say longevity and everything else, played into, the number, played into those numbers. But don't forget, he is still good at age 45. He's third in passing yards, for crying out loud. Last season. So, uh, to me, you know, he leaves uh, a great legacy without question. So, in essence, the latest as far as Tom Brady. Now, let's get to category number three, my friend, and that is the taxpayers in New York are going to have to foot the bill for the former governor's legal defense. A civil suit filed by a one-time member of security detail who accused him of sexual harassment. This is what a judge ruled, correct? Yeah. So they um, said because he was an employee of the government and the allegations occurred while he was an employee of the government, Tish James has to actually provide a defense. The government has to provide a defense. And he argued that it was motivated by politics that she didn't defend. And I have to tell you, a lot of times when you're in a work situation, your employer will defend you. You have to read your policies and procedures, and you've got to see what the rules are. But oftentimes, for a lot of my big clients, particularly these national or international clients that we represent, publicly traded companies, they have an entire um, defense policy and when they're going to do it and when they're not. And just because you don't like someone doesn't make the contractual provision not applicable. So we have to separate the issues, Jay. One is you dislike the guy and maybe he is ironically being charged with sexual harassment when he's the guy that created sexual harassment law, which makes you want to, like, shovel dirt at him. Like, how do you do that? Like, it's just sad. And you put that on one side. But on the other note, he was an employee of the government. The way our government works is you provide a defense for officers of the government when they get charged uh, um, with a, doing a, not a crime, no, with a civil suit in the midst of their employment. So I think it was a good decision. I think it's the right decision. But emotionally, psychologically, it might irk you. But that's an overarching position. You can't look at it just as Cuomo. You can look at it as what is the New York State policy for the employees of the government. And that's a completely separate conversation than Cuomo himself. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I hate to do it. Uh, I hate to do it in that type of fashion. But, I mean, it is what it is, folks. Uh, was this a complete dropping of the ball based on her bias, Letitia James, by not allowing this under state rules? Well, I don't know if it, 
you want to go with the word dropping a ball, it might have been strategic even. You know, a lot of times people don't understand this, and it goes to contract law. An attorney can actually advise you to breach a contract if it's in your best interest. Sometimes, some, and that's not tortious interference with a contract, sometimes even if you have a sliver of why you have an argument, as long as it's not frivolous, it's a good idea to breach a contract. It might have played out very well for her and put undue pressure on him on different times. So the fact that she ultimately loses doesn't mean it was dropping a ball. I'm not inside her head. I don't know why she did it. But at the timing, when they originally didn't cover his bill, they put him in a precarious situation. Maybe it was a very smart strategic move for her to not pay his bill and ultimately lose. And as going back to the Brady situation, maybe she was punting. Maybe she was punting and saying, I'll deal with this at another day. So I'm not going to say it was dropping the ball. It might have been. It might have been. I think it was predictable, the outcome. I think the outcome was something I would have expected to happen. That all being said, you don't know what's going on inside people's minds. And sometimes, again, strategically in maneuvering, politically, business-wise, litigation-wise, you want to fight a battle, even if you know it's a losing battle, because it diverts resources from your enemy to deal with this battle as opposed to another battle, and you have to look at things as a chess game. That's what my firm does. Litigation is a chess game, and you can't worry about one specific battle. You've got to win the war. That's what it's all about, and a lot of people kind of wonder, like me, you know, why do these things take so long? You know, I'm even focusing in on the, the nursing home debacle uh, and everything else. Why do these investigations... Uh, Andrew, take as long as they, they have. You know, this is a guy who resigned uh, in August 2021. We're in 2023 already. I mean, is it does it take that long to formulate a plan here as far as an investigation? Well, let's start off with things are starting to move faster. And when I say they're starting to move faster, because of COVID, just in my world, a lot of court appearances are being done digitally. We still have to go in for a lot of them. But a lot of them, we're just being able to go on a Zoom or something like that much faster, and that's saving a tremendous amount of time. But I think the real problem, and let's liken it to the Biden, the Trump, the even Pence situation with these documents. The problem is that we have a government that operates like it's 1800, not like it's 2023. I don't know if you've tried ChatGPT or other generative um, AIs, but the amount of technology we have right now is not being leveraged. And a lot of the problem is that we're doing things with people still do using dictaphones. And we need to get people up to the modern era because things take much slower when you have to pass a note in a pen and paper and you're not using electronic um, information. So I think the real issue here is an overarching need to modernize our government, not have paper records, get people communicating digitally. Meetings don't need to be in person, and we could use generative AI to help formulate concepts, ideas, and link information that's smarter than humans. And hopefully we're getting to that forefront as we have more modern, developing politicians taking hold. Now, listen, uh, it seems that way, Andrew Lee. I only got a couple of minutes. You bring up the documents, and I kind of touched upon this this morning. I mean, you talk about a fumbling of the case, uh, especially when it concerns the FBI. I mean, come on. I mean, the FBI basically signaled the president's own counsel to investigate. How does that happen? They leave the home yesterday, three and a half hours search and everything else. I mean, do we do we not have the word compromise in our vocabulary over this or complicating everything involved? Well, 
I would say to you that, first of all, and I think I said this on your show last week, um, if not, I'll say it now, is it really doesn't matter because there's a DOJ policy that says you can't indict a president. So it seems like all for not, even if he did something wrong. But that all being said, the big issue, and I have to liken Pence with Biden, they're both having their team say, please come get everything, go do everything, come get everything. And that's a difference from once Trump had a year and a half with subpoenas they ignored and fought information. There's a difference legally. But I think that it's a bad look. But the real bad look, and I, I have to say it again, is why do we have paper documents in folders that they could take home that says classified in the first place? I don't understand why don't we have something like the, the, the nuclear football. is this computer where there's an agency that says login, and then they take the computer back. And you, as the president, the vice president, members of Congress, other agency officials, they don't keep the documents. I don't understand this world where there's paper everywhere. I haven't operated in paper in my office for over a decade now. It's time for them to modernize. Hey, listen, even I modernized as far as some things in my life, which is, which is very hard for me to do. Uh, you have to. You have to. It's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Uh, when you think about what's going on with these guys, it really is. Uh, and especially with Joe Biden, he's got the papers every which way but loose as far as residences, offices. It's, you know, crazy. Uh, interesting stuff, my friend. Interesting stuff. We await the second half of the Islanders season on Monday against Philadelphia. 